want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. an everyday process. Coffee's for closers only. You're listening to the Mori Health Podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first Mori Health Podcast. I am Robert Mori, your your host, and the very first podcast here today is, is going to be just me speaking, no guests, nothing else, and essentially I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown on what this podcast is about, um, why I'm doing it, uh, what this episode is going to be about in, in terms of my story, and um, take you guys through that so you guys get a, a better understanding of, of who I am as a person and, and where I'm coming from, and I guess you guys can gauge my experiences through life um, as a young 24-year-old Australian. Okay, so um, what is this pod- podcast about and, and uh, what am I doing and why? Why am I doing it? Okay, so the podcast, I guess, is something that I've been thinking about for a while, about getting started, and um, I'm a exercise physiologist by trade, uh, meaning I, I treat people with chronic disease and conditions and all sorts with exercise as medicine and do total lifestyle behavior change programs um, because of that. And I'm currently a physiotherapy student with the ambition to open up my own multidisciplinary clinic in the future. And I guess I'd like to share my experiences along the way, um, share the experiences of others trying to get on different health professionals and talking about different health conditions and how they can best be treated. I'd also have a keen interest in rugby league, as you can see behind me, and um, I guess sport in general. And so I'll be more than happy to take on and bring on some people in the rugby league community and and get their gauge on what rugby league's about and, and how people can get the most out of sport around the world and sort of what they get out of it themselves. I'll I'll tell you a little bit about that myself today. And I guess long-term going forward, I just hope I can provide value to anyone that uh, wants to listen. So if you um, want me to ever discuss a particular topic and and bring on certain people, please let me know. Um, Send it through and I'll do my best to make it happen. Okay, so... I guess a little bit more about why I'm doing this and why it's called the Mori Health Podcast. Mori Health is what I hope the end product is um, as a business for the multidisciplinary clinic I wish to I wish to grow in the future. And I guess I'm an uh, aspiring entrepreneur, or, um, some someone of a of a dreamer, and um, this is part of the dream, and this is the first steps I'm I'm taking to make it all happen. Okay, so um, I I feel like I can provide value by talking and discussing about different topics in in health and and around the world in general, I guess, but uh, more so in in health and fitness and performance, looking at different conditions, looking at how to optimize a particular sporting endeavor, um, as they seem to be big passions of mine, and I I absolutely love the area and the industry, Um, and I'll tell you why and how I got into it. So, yeah, essentially this 
this episode is going to be my story and um, my experiences. So don't expect it to be just me in the future. In the future, I plan to have some guests on and um, be discussing their interesting lives and, and see if we can both learn something along the way. Um, yeah, I guess the beginning, if we, if we take it back to, to way back when as a little kid, um, my parents are from New Zealand and I was raised, uh, born and raised in Australia and I guess if I didn't grow up supporting the All Blacks, I wouldn't have a house to, to live in and um, they're a pretty easy team to support when they're so dominant um, in, in what they do around the world and they're such a fine class act. Uh, but unfortunately, where I grew up in, in Western Sydney, southwestern Sydney, uh, rugby union was uh, not very well uh, advertised, I guess, in the area and, and wasn't in abundance. Uh, my local team was about half an hour away and I didn't even know that they existed until I was about 14 years of age. So I grew up playing rugby league. Um, it was either rugby league or soccer, I guess, in my area. Um, and my parents, uh, they they weren't too, too fond on soccer. Um, and I actually met my, my best mate in kindergarten in the very first year of school. Uh, his dad was the local rugby league coach, um, Mr. Mr. Cleal, um, Zach's dad. And uh, yeah, he he welcomed me with open arms to come and come join the team. And um, from the moment I started, I absolutely loved it. And I guess I grew up with rugby league every weekend down at the local field helping out. Um, became a big part of my life real quickly and a big part of my mum's life real quickly because she's uh, my biggest supporter, I guess, throughout everything and growing up and I couldn't have done it without her. And She was a team manager. She became the club treasurer of my local club and um, she she really got into it and, and really helped me out and have a very supporting, loving mother in there and um, a very hardworking dad, which I guess I didn't really get to see much as I grew up. And... Um, yeah, he didn't he didn't visit many games, but mum mum was at all of them. So I feel very fortunate in, in that regards. Um, yeah, so I guess I I went through and I played a heap of sports. So I played everything from rugby league, rugby union. Um, love a game called Oztag, which is like rugby league, but uh, with tags or, or flag football for for those of you ab abroad. Um, Played a bit of touch footy, dabbled in a mini triathlon for kids, uh, one or two. Um, did the walk at a at a state carnival, New South Wales state carnival, which uh, that was interesting. Um, it is a very very tough sport. People underestimate it. They think the walk is easy because it is what we all do, which is walking. Um, but when you do it as a competitive sport, I have a newfound admiration for those people. Um, I guess I've gone through and done some state swimming, state cross country. I played um, some regional school, school volleyball, and um, dabbled in softball and hockey and tennis at, at some point. Never really did cricket or soccer, uh, those ones. But you know, um, there's always time to learn, and I guess I don't really have a real keen interest in it. But um, I respect the athleticism that they require in their own fashion. Um, if I was to take up some new skills, I think I'd like to learn a little bit more about snow sports and snowboarding and skiing and um, 
yeah, get get a better understanding of that. Um, but at the moment, my plate's pretty full in terms of sport and um, all the activities that I get get doing. So um, yeah, played rugby league for eight years uh, for the same team. A new coach took over when I was about eight or nine, um, so not very not very soon after I started. And anyway, I was very loyal to that club and and that team in particular. Anyway, when it got to the age of between ages of twelve and thirteen, uh, a whole lot of new boys had come to try and join the team, and I got cut from the the team that I grew up and loved and whatnot, and um, that left a really empty hole in my heart. And I decided, look, I'm not going to give up. So. I, uh, the only opportunity I had to play at that club still was to play upper grade. So I played upper grade and before our very first game of the trial season, uh, we were doing some defensive practice and one of the big forwards uh, decided to really test me out. And geez, did he because he broke my arm in, in a tackle. Um, I went in and uh, came off second best and uh, mum told me to go run under some water and she'd be right. But four hours later, I was still crying. She's like, oh, probably probably should take you down to the emergency department, got an x-ray and sure enough I was in a cast that night and um, got a got a nice cast for a few weeks for the, the kids at school to sign which was pretty fun uh, but you know I wouldn't recommend necessarily going out and breaking your bones just for the hell of it, That's it's beyond painful and um, it's a pretty shit experience to be honest except for the, the fact that it introduced me to the world of physiotherapy and I had a pretty flawless experience with that, I really um, valued my physiotherapist and, and what she was doing for me at the time. I came back and I, I played, what, four games of footy and I broke my leg in a tackle. Um, it, it pissed down all weekend. All the fields were completely saturated. Probably shouldn't have even been playing um, on those grounds and it was in the last five minutes of the game where we were on our line defending and I was, there's this big bloke coming over the top and I pulled him back on top of me and my second row jumped on top to finish the tackle and it ended up finishing me and um, I broke my ankle in that tackle and uh, went off again got a few x-rays and back to the physio I thought I'd spent enough time there already but obviously not and uh, it was time to go and meet my fate I think and, and really get deep into the physio world and um, found that to be very enjoyable. Really enjoyed watching them practice and interacting with them and what they were doing. I thought what they were doing was fantastic and I guess that inspired me to tailor my school subjects that I was doing to try and um, be more tailored towards that field in terms of sports science and uh, performance and health and biology. So um, I actually did some work placement at the physio practice that I was getting treated at at the time and that's something that they do here in Australia at the age of 15. You actually get a few opportunities to go out and seek your own um, trial employment opportunities for a few days here and a few days there at a time. I spent a week there. I thought it was fantastic. Um, obviously, I didn't get to do much, but I got to supervise and see what the day in the life of a physiotherapist was. And in fact, a week and not just a physiotherapist, but the owner of the physiotherapy practice. And I thought, yep, I could do this. I could do this for the rest of my life. It, it seemed like a dream job. Um, and it still does, to be honest. I couldn't think of anything better to do. Um, well, actually, I could. 
and, and they'd be refereeing in the NRL, but um, doing that jointly would be even better. So, yeah, uh, I tailored all my school subjects towards it. I ended up doing business bio and PE for my final years at school. Um, I guess if it was up to me, I would have left in year 10 and gone straight into physiotherapy, but that's not how things are done. Um, physiotherapy is only provided or uh, run at universities, and so to do that in Australia, you've got to finish your your schooling education, go through to your 18 and, and then get into uni after that and unfortunately I, d I didn't get those grades uh, that they were requiring at the time which was the mark is arbitrary but it's 99.9597 um, it was the highest it ever was to get into physiotherapy the year that I finished school and I ended up in um, exercise physiology at UNSW which was a blessing in disguise um, from that, I guess, uh, I learned a lot about how the body works, um, in great detail from a cellular level all the way through to a gross level, uh, what normal looks like and, and then what a whole bunch of different illnesses and conditions can do to the body and then how can they actually be treated and affected long term? Can we actually make an improvement or can we prevent them getting any worse? And I guess... Um, as long as we're doing no harm um, and we're providing some improved quality of life which is our main variable in, in most cases that it is quite a wonderful area and in industry and I, uh, I fell in love with it even further I guess before I, I going there um, going a little bit into my, my rugby league a bit more and, and what happened so yeah I played up that year only played seven, came back for the last three rounds, um, missed out on the finals, uh, no chance. <laughs> and then um, the next year I had a tough decision to make to, to change clubs because I was looking to go and finish up at that club uh, with a 10-year service, but I never got the opportunity. I, I got forced out and, and moved on to another club um, local in the area. And that year I also started refereeing rugby league. Now... Um, what got me into refereeing uh, my mother actually forced my elder brother to get into it poor fella um, he was never very athletic and she thought it would be a great way for him to start to get fit and uh, make a little bit of pocket money on the side as well and um, so he did that for the year that I was breaking my arms and my legs and uh, it was quite interesting time and I decided that I thought I could do a better job, to be honest. Uh, three years younger and um, <laughs> just a, a lot more footy experience, I thought I could outdo him. And a bit of competition never went um, unnoticed in, in our household and I absolutely loved it. So yeah, I jumped in and took the course. A uh, bloke called Jason Nadira who has ended up uh, having a massive influence on my life he took me through my very first referee course and, and taught me the ropes, as they say, and he was actually there for my very first game of rugby league that I refereed. Um, yeah, I've got a lot to owe to that to that man. And I guess doing rugby league as a 14-year-old, still playing, um, came to the end of that first year, really having to make a decision, do I want to go on and continue to play or do I want to try and pursue a career as an NRL referee and 
I decided that my opportunities were much greater and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, going out and refereeing week in and week out. So that's what I went and did and I thought it was fantastic and amazing and I couldn't recommend it more highly. The things that I've learnt, I guess, throughout the times as becoming a, a referee um, as a 14-year-old, a young fella going through life, I quickly became very mature. I, um, I had to learn time management, people management, um, owning your mistakes. That was probably the biggest lesson I've learned throughout refereeing is, is that when you make mistakes and you, you make them regular and you make them often and you own up to them and you actually own your mistakes, then you're going to learn and grow faster than most people because most people are trying to hide behind their mistakes and deny that they even exist. But those people are just delaying the inevitable and if you own your mistakes early you can actually start to grow real real fast and um and it's quite an amazing experience when you can see where you were 10 years ago and where you are now and um how much of an experience that is and i think it's quite quite special seeing that development of not just a referee but as a person and it hasn't happened in me, uh, just me. It, ha it happens in everyone that takes it up. So I, I'd urge anyone to um, give it a crack if they get the opportunity. Um, you also do series of paperwork and um, fitness training, and I guess that helps you to b develop your discipline, not just um, footy skills, but you know things that you you do when you enter the workforce. And so um, getting paid very little pocket money it's uh the pocket money it's definitely a love job at the time um just paying for the petrol <laughs> that gets you to and from the field um but yeah that's exactly what it was i, I loved what i was doing and um i've stuck with it and I'm, and I'm very happy that i have very very happy i made that decision way back when um i guess doing that i was already playing oztag at the time and I started refereeing that real young. That I actually started refereeing Oztag before I started rugby league, only by a few months, but still. And I still referee Oztag to this day. Um, thoroughly enjoy playing and refing that game. Um, it's a different version of rugby league, which I, uh, I I very much value. I also dabbled in touch football a little bit. Um, it was sort of implied to me that you could earn a little bit more and um, develop your skills a little bit faster dealing with men instantly uh, by doing a bit of touch footy and Oztag refereeing and in the adult social comps local community stuff and um, there was some absolute rubbish football and there was some absolute wonderful football so you get the best of both worlds really it's it's quite special we're out there and um, I guess when when you're in when you're only 16 and you're going through all that, it's quite good to build on that experience because in rugby league, when I was ref, well, uh, at that time when I was refereeing, you can only referee up to two age groups below your own age until you're 18. So uh, when I was 16, I was only refereeing 14 year olds, but during the week I was refereeing men uh, in touch footy and in Oztag now it wasn't the same as rugby league and, and obviously it doesn't get as intense but it still gives you the skills to talk to adults and, and manage them at such a young age and um, I guess what it involves on a week-to-week -week basis is 
once you do your course, you, you start attending your, your local association's training. Mine's on a Tuesday night, uh, Parramatta Referees. And uh, we train as a group where um, you start off doing some fitness together, generally for half hour, 40 minutes. And then you split up into senior groups and, and junior groups. And the junior groups, they get taken aside to learn the fundamentals and the basics of refereeing and really focus on those skills while the older, more senior referees who have been around for a little bit longer, they go out and develop a, a more complex skill set and help trying to develop their game. Um, even those that have been around for a long time still have things that they can improve on and I think mm, any referee would tell you that they've always got something that they can work on. So even the guys that are in the NRL these days. Um, something that really stood out for me when I was a young fella, the NRL referees had a had a program called NRL for a day and I got to go in when I was 15 years old and actually try my hand at what it took to be an NRL ref. So I was there at Sparrowfart in the morning and first thing was a gym session that went for about 90 minutes and got absolutely flogged. Then we went into a two-hour video session where we watched a, a game from the weekend um, from from two of the blokes and it got picked apart by the head coach and it was it was quite grueling at the time the head coach was Bill Harrigan I've got a lot of time and respect for that man um, he's one of the biggest names in, in NRL refereeing um, if not the biggest and, and what most people aspire to be like I guess when you when you delve deep into the refereeing world um, with his record um, it just far surpasses most um if not all and so yeah he was running the program at the time and um he put me through my paces and, and challenged me to be my best and um i guess left me with some some words of uh encouragement and to remain disciplined and i i took that on board and i really um applied myself at the time uh, to become a much better referee and in doing so become a much better person, I think. Um, but in in terms of rugby league, I, I guess it helped me connect oddly to my school principal at the time who was a former NRL referee who I did not even realise until a few months down the track after I'd actually asked him to go to my first all-schools competition um which meant a few days off school which was you beauty um how good's that taking three days off school to go referee some footy uh yeah i'll do that thank you and the only reason he approved it is because he was an nro referee and he knows what that has given him over the years so i thought that was quite fantastic and uh, it, it ended up being that i brought him back from the woodworks a little bit and and now he's back coaching local Parramatta referees um, building them up, he he's the sort of man um, that will go above and beyond what he needs to do to make sure that these young kids that are coming through uh, are getting the, the coaching and the nurturing that they really need to develop, um, again, not just as referees, but as, as good people. And um, so I see Ian Parnaby as a, as a mentor through, through life a little bit for me. Um, He's coached me more than anyone else along my pathway through rugby league refereeing and 
Um, I, I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for me. So, yeah, thanks, Pano. Um, I, I guess at that time, I was trying to do every sport possible to get out of school. And, um, yeah, I, that's why I was doing all those different sports. But um, at the same time, I, I really liked class and liked my education. So I guess you could class me as a, an athletic nerd. And um, I guess that really fits trying to get into physiotherapy. I didn't realize it at the time, but I do now that um, I was kind of met out for this in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds strange, but it's the truth. And I, I guess one of the biggest things that I've got out of refereeing is the friendships uh, that you make along the way. And obviously the experiences, but the friendships uh, are life, lifelong lifelong lasting and um i guess i mentioned someone called jason adira early before and um the reason I, I mentioned him is that he was also a physiotherapist at the time who went to unsw and, and did exercise physiology there and i took a lot of mentoring advice from him on on how to navigate university and refereeing and uh, i guess being a man and, and growing up in today's society and um so so now jason's a physiotherapist down in canberra so if anyone down in canberra needs a physio a good one um, i'd highly recommend jason adira go go hit him up um and then yeah at refereeing at those age groups uh, i started when you had the likes of ziggy and, and casey badger um zibignu adamski prevlaska i absolutely butchered his name but yeah um he knows I love him and I've got a lot of time for him. I've asked him to be a mentor for me directly uh, through refereeing and um, he gives all the time he possibly can for me and I can't thank him enough for it as well. Um, and yeah, Casey, Casey Badger is there, uh, was there when I first started refereeing and, and now both those people are, are in the NRL refereeing and it's fantastic to see that... Uh, people that were at the same stage where I was have gotten to where I want to be. So I, I know it's definitely doable and possible um, with enough hard work and um, I guess being in the right place at the right time has to come into it. But um, some dedication and, you know, being on task. So, yeah, being consistent with that. And going to uni, um, I said I got this great education from UNSW University of New South Wales. I, I couldn't recommend it more highly. I think it's got the best program on uh, in Australia in terms of exercise physiology. And yes, I am very biased because I was a part of uh, a group, select group that helped tailor the program into what it is today. Um, sitting down with the ESSA board, Exercise Sports Science Australia, and um, we knuckled down and and decided what was necessary in the course and what was not and, and really tailor made this course for um, what the future of Australia needs and that is very skilled health professionals and to be honest we're very uh, lacking in, in this area uh, not just nationally but internationally and we, we there's a lot of room for growth and we actually need a lot more practitioners than are currently out there um, but uh, unfortunately resources are, are limited and so we have to resort to public health programs instead 
in in times of things like the obesity epidemic and pandemic, uh, I guess you could call it, and and what to do with those sorts of things. Um, anyway, so they provided me the opportunity um, to do some really useful pra- practical experience, and I was first over at UNSW Lifestyle Clinic, and I was supervised by a gentleman called Chris Zarr, um, who's set up the Lifestyle Clinic at UNSW and essentially provides a reasonably cheap program for people with chronic health conditions to, to come and receive some first-class um, practice where the fourth-year students actually take most of the sessions um, with regular checks by accredited exercise physiologists. Um, they, they run a really good strength clinic program there and, and a few others um, they're, they're starting up now and they're going to be growing with some new construction which is happening over at UNSW and the Prince of Wales Hospital and the connection that they have there um, I, I think it's very strong and what they're doing there is very exciting times I also did uh, some time at Our Lady of Consolation Aged Care which is one out in Western Sydney and um, although I enjoyed my time there. I guess it consolidated in my mind that aged care was probably not for me. Um, not that I don't like working with elderly people. It's just the the actual setting itself that I was at. Um, I, I just didn't necessarily enjoy as I do others. And I'll, I want to be doing something that I really enjoy. And, I, and I'm really big on that. Uh, the third one was MacArthur Exercise Physiology. Uh, and that's run by a really good bloke called Luke Skinner. He sort of runs his own shop and does his own thing. And he taught me a fair bit about um, being your own person and making your own decisions in the industry and, and what sort of value that brings, not just to yourself, your family, but also the people that you're treating in your community, which is pretty pretty cool. And then I met a very, very inspirational lady called Marissa Sparks at Neuromoves Liverpool. Um, she is a, a modern-day saint and... Uh, she is a wonderful person who looks after a big group of people across a few different sites for neuro moves, and um, I, I can't praise her enough in her supervision and the hand that she played in my development as a as a health professional, as an exercise physiologist. Um, so I guess all the supervisors that I had across those four pracs, uh, I'm very thankful for. Um, of course, we got a lot more practical re- uh, practical uh, work in, but um, none that was just dedicated to a particular site other than those four. And um, I guess something that was quite unique to this degree as a four-year undergraduate degree, other than the fact that you get two qualifications, exercise science and exercise physiology, is the fact that I got the opportunity to do research, and that research in an academic world is, is very important. Um and my my supervisor Andrew Keach, he led our team on doing a really big study which involved taking uh, overweight or obese men and putting them through a training cycle of high intensity interval training or moderate intensity continuous training on a bike and seeing what benefits they had in terms of your body composition, your uh, cardiovascular health, your pain pressure threshold, and even your mood. And so when I was doing that, I learned some very, very good skills in how to do a DEXA scan machine 
a VO2 max, um, our testing arterial stiffness and, and pain pressure uh, thresholds. Um, so I guess uh, for those that don't know, a DEXA machine is the gold standard on measuring your body composition um, apart from underwater weighing, which is very tedious. So uh, when you want to look at bone density and also you want to look at fat to muscle ratio and where that fat distribution is around the body, uh, I would highly recommend people going to get a, a DEXA machine, a DEXA scan, sorry. Um, uh, they're just, the information that you get is invaluable and there's a big difference between the commercial bioimpedance DEXA scans that you get at your local gyms and the actual scan where you lay down in a bed and the scanner goes over the top of you a bit like an x-ray machine taking lots of photos throughout the um, 10 minutes that it takes to actually do the scan. Um, highly, highly valuable information for your health if you want to track that across the long term and that's not just for um, a chronic population that's also for a healthy population um, and even more so for a high performance athletic population and then vo2 max testing which is essentially how fit you are how well oxygen is utilized in your body we did this on a on a bike using a, a metabolic cart where we measure the oxygen going in and the carbon dioxide going out and we can work out a few things from that, which is pretty cool. I guess arterial stiffness, we used a Doppler machine to do pulse wave velocity, um, which is essentially arterial stiffness is how much plaque buildup do you have in your neck and how stiff are the walls of your blood vessels. So if they're, they're stiff or they've got a lot of plaque, that's that's a bit of a concern in, in most people's books in terms of being at a higher risk of a cardiovascular accident um, in terms of a heart attack or something like that. Anyway, so I got through all that, and that was quite fantastic. I, I really appreciate my time at UNSW, and I came out of that, and I still wanted to be a physio. So, um, not saying that I had to do physiotherapy. I could have very well and truly stopped there and just gone on to do exercise physiology. Um, there is plenty in the field that needs to get done there, and I feel like I have plenty of skills from, from that course that I can go out and, and do a wonderful job, but um, I wasn't going to settle on, on that because I, I really wanted to, at that time I'd made my mind up that I wanted to operate with both skills because doing that you get, yeah, you get a Medicare number for physiotherapy, but you also get one for exercise physiology. And um, th I guess that's not the point, but what I'm trying to say is that they're held in such high esteem by the New South Wales and, and Australian government in, in that um, they're both reputable in their own accord. So they they both have their place in society. And um, I guess the, the more I learn about physiotherapy and the longer I spend as an exercise physiologist, the, the more I believe that to be true. And I guess a lot of people don't know what an exercise physiologist is. Um, similar to a physiotherapist in that we're more active-based therapy. Um, so physiotherapists tend to be a little bit more hands-on and um, they do some manual therapy treatments that exercise physiologists wouldn't and they do more acute care. So the short-term care, uh, once you get a condition, they, they do the, the first you know, 6 to 12 weeks, depending on what it is. Uh, even in a hospital or whatnot, that usually you'd see them first, and then 
for long-term care and long-term management, you see an exercise physiologist um, where they do total lifestyle behavior change programs depending on what you need. And I feel like anyone in the population, not necessarily just a disease population, but also those that are incredibly healthy and, and even um, doing high-performance sport, that they everyone could benefit from seeing an exercise physiologist and a physiotherapist. Um, so yeah, anyway, I, I got the options of uh, where I wanted to go for, for physiotherapy. I managed to get some pretty good marks while I was doing my undergraduate degree, which is quite good. I'm very excited and, and happy for that and very grateful that I had a good bunch of people getting me through my degree at the time. Um, and I guess I was helping them getting through as well, but uh, it was a very good community. And um, yeah, like I was saying, I, I got the opportunity to pick which university I was going to go to for physiotherapy. Uh, I could have chosen Sydney Uni, uh, Macquarie or UTS at the time. They're the three that were available in Sydney because I wasn't willing to necessarily move to Queensland or to Melbourne or even overseas to do my studies. Um, the next one that was closest was down in Canberra. And um, I did a lot of research in terms of interviewing different people at different universities and what value they had. And I came up with my own take on things where I put Macquarie University first with their Doctor of Physiotherapy program. It's a, a three-year degree compared to the usual two-year master's degree, which is offered at both Sydney and at UTS. And in doing that, uh, you, yes, you, you get the Doctor of rather than a Master's, but it, it, essentially it's only counted as a Master's program to actually be considered a proper Doctor. You have to go on to do your PhD, um, despite the fact that you could use the Doctor title, which is, is quite you know um, controversial, and there's a lot of people that debate those facts, but um, I'm not going to get into semantics, and I guess if you're going to ask me what I'm going to use when I graduate, I'm going to tell you that um, I'm Mr. Robert Morey, um, Doctor of Physiotherapy, so just the degree that I did, and an exercise physiologist. Yeah, so um, my rankings was Macquarie, then UTS, then Sydney, um, just for a, a number of different varied reasons, which I can get to uh, go through at some other time. Uh, yeah, so if, if anyone's really interested in that and wanting to get into the physiotherapy industry or uh, knows of a, a kid that's thinking about getting into sport and fitness and physiotherapy and, and what avenue would necessarily work best for them and, and what options that they should look at and things that they should consider when they're looking for a university degree, please feel free to point them in my direction. Um, I'll, I'll try and help as best as possible. Yeah. So anyway, um, doing that, I found that getting into this Macquarie degree 100% complemented everything that I did at UNSW and I thought it was fantastic. It just extended my knowledge and my skills and, and consolidated a lot of the things that I was already doing. I guess um, some of the practicals that I've already gone through and, and done was uh, Brayside Rehab Hospital, Physio Inc., Wetherill Park and Macquarie University Hospital. So um, particularly, I, I really enjoyed my time when I was at Physio Inc. and at the hospital with... So at Physio Inc. I was with Stephen um, over at Wetherill Park and, and he's a really good bloke and uh, he really cares about the product that he's producing and, and the patients that he has. And um, I guess 
when I talk about the next person, um, my supervisor that was at Macquarie University Hospital, this person is, I would say, one of the most underrated, undervalued um, people within the industry. Sally Raymond was my supervisor over at Macquarie University Hospital and she's such a an uplifting, intelligent individual who um, sells herself short in, in many ways and she's such a fantastic person in so many ways and I couldn't sing her praises more highly. She taught me so many things and um, really pushed me to my limits and, and my knowledge I guess as a practitioner and she helped instill the standards that I, I wish to maintain throughout my career um, and I actually seeked out for her to be a mentor for me uh, as a physiotherapist and, and I guess we keep in touch from time to time now um, in terms of what uh, what I'm thinking in my career and and what's going on in the world of physiotherapy and then just in life in general, which is which is always great. She's a great person and um, yeah, I'm very thankful that I got the opportunity to work with her just by pure luck. Um, it wasn't one of my preferences and um, I'm very fortunate that I, that I got it. Yeah. Anyway, um, at the same time that I, I finished my degree, I went on and uh, I came back and taught at UNSW as a casual teacher doing some classes here and there and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my teaching um, career or aspects and um, I, I found that very valuable. I got a lot out of it and I feel like I want to be doing this for a long time. Um, so I, I wish to keep my connections with UNSW and go back and, and teach more and more and learn about becoming a better teacher as well in the future. Um, I also managed to do some work with a wonderful group called Mia's Health run by um, Mia Kaysen uh, and she's a great person who runs her mobile exercise physiology clinic out of Maroubra and the eastern suburbs there and um, she is extremely passionate about what she does and I guess I see her as a mentor in the exercise physiology world and um, she's doing some fantastic things and I can't toot her horn any more than um, than that and I guess I've also been very fortunate to do some work with some chronic back pain, chronic shoulder pain work down in Wollongong over at Rework IOH with uh, a good friend of mine Adrian Ram who we actually got to do our research together at, at UNSW under Andrew Keach and, and got a few papers published. Um, if you want to check them out you, you can, you'll find them on my LinkedIn, I think is probably the best way to go and and find that. Anyway, yeah, so got to work with him for a little bit, which is fantastic, and I'm still um, do some work out there from time to time. And very recently, I've been approached um, by by a doctor to start up a medical testing of executive health, or really anyone that wants to come and and, and get it. Um, get this really in-depth health assessment where we look at DEXA scans, we look at the arterial stiffness, the VO2 max, the sort of stuff that we I was discussing and looking at in my research. Um, we're going to actually be doing for the general public and giving them a detailed analysis of, of where their health is at, which um, that's going to be in the city in, in Sydney um, at the MLC building in, in Martin Place. Um, 
and, and the business that's running that is called Veritas, Veritas Executive Health. And um, yeah, so that's a very exciting time for me, I guess, in those developments. And in terms of rugby league and, and what's going on there for me, so I managed to work my way up through the ranks. You, you start in under sixes when you, you start out as a little 14-year-old and as you grow, your age groups get higher and the games get more difficult and more challenging and you learn more skills to, to handle that. And I guess you become uh, more confident along the way. And I managed to work my way up through the local ranks of local football, doing men on a regular, uh, like refereeing the, the older age groups. And then you go to these different competitions, schoolboys competitions, try and show your face, make a name for yourself amongst these different coaches, referee coaches. Uh, yeah, we get coached just the same way that players do. Um, if not more stringently, we looked at with a, a finer tooth comb and under a microscope, that's for sure. And I guess as you go up through those levels, then um, you start to do a lot more video work and you've got a bit more assistance and, and a bit more access to facilities, which is fantastic. And um, I think that really aids in, in my in everyone's development as a referee or at least the setup that they've got at New South Wales. So you go up and you do 16s and 18s reps footy. So you've got the big NRL clubs that play on TV and then you've got all these different junior levels below that. Um, and, and we're doing the 16s and 18s of those clubs. So like the Parramatta versus Bulldogs versus Cronulla, etc., etc. And they've got this, they've got a very similar competition up in Queensland. And I guess coming from... New South Wales and Parramatta, I felt like I was uh, advantaged over other associations in the fact that they produce a very good quality referee, a very polished referee with um, great presentation skills and um, a keen eye for detail, I guess. Um, and so I, I got into that when I in 2016 and you start on the touchlines in the under-16s and then you work your way up to the 18s touchlines and then the 16 centre and then an 18 centre and I finished up there last year and managed to get into something called the Emerging Talent Squad or ALG, no sorry, the ALG Squad they call it, Accelerated Learning Group where you go into this education program that the NRL run and that's trying to teach, well NRL referees education program run and they're trying to teach you um, the ins and outs of the games and I guess all of the different tactics that you see at the NRL level that are now filtering down to the younger guys and then how to best manage that and I got the opportunity to run with the squad that I've been trying to get in for a few years now the New South Wales grade squad and those guys they referee the the four competitions of the major um, New South Wales Rugby League which includes New South Wales Cup, Ron Massey Cup, Sydney Shield and Jersey Flag for the men's and then you've got the New South Wales Harvey Norman Women's Premiership as well which is the feeder for the NRL Women's um, Rugby League competition which yeah, it's quite an honour to, to go and referee so when I was I guess doing a trial on or a training squad um, to become a part of that full time. I got the opportunity to do the Harvey Norman women's final on the touchline 
uh, which was a fantastic opportunity. Um, definitely a highlight in my career, and I guess at, at the same time, or a very, very similar time, I got the invitation to go and try my hand at schoolboys uh, reps football and they've got 15s and 18s and I started doing 15s and, and must have done a somewhat decent job on the day somehow and managed to get my way into the 18s nationals competition down in Canberra back in 2000 and 2019 so what was that July nine six months ago nine months ago nine months ago now um, and there was blokes from around the country that, that came to referee and uh, we had the great Alan Shortle, Ken McNaught, Steve Clark and Sean Villa there to, to help coach us and the experience that we had there with such a tight-knit group and um, I guess the professionalism of our trainer, David Bush, he did a fantastic job of bringing the group together and ensuring that we could get on the field each day, um, day in, day out and that we were developing um, again, not just as referees, but as people. And I guess that's a big theme that comes in with the refereeing side of things is that they really do focus on the people developing. And I think it's a wonderful thing that they're actually trying to push and um, more areas of sport should be trying to push that. And yeah, anyway, so I go on to do that and uh, I get told, hey, look, you got to go back to junior reps. I was like, yep, okay, I'll do my time, whatever i got to do. And halfway through the junior rep pre-season, I get told, all right, go start training with the next group up and I'm like oh you beauty all right we'll see we'll see what this does and um, just before all this um, lockdown and COVID-19 the global pandemic broke out um, I get told look you're you're part of the full-time squad you just got to wait for the meeting now to become an official graded member and um, the meeting got cancelled uh, because people had to be in lockdown and isolated at their home and um, I guess I'm in the middle of nowhere at the moment without a home just hoping that they they go back to some normality and go back to what they were and I actually get to become an official member of that squad properly which would be fantastic and I'd absolutely love that because that's the pathway that you take to become an NRL referee um, and in, in doing so, I managed to, well, I was put on another education program that was put on by the NRL officiating, um, another fantastic program by Alan Shortle, actually, and, and Sean Villa. And um, we got put through the NRL State of Mind program, which is looking at mental health in, in our athletes. And I guess it opened up my eyes and it's made me consider that perhaps I should seek uh, professional help from a psychologist or a sports psychologist as to how I could best optimize my performance and um, I think I'd, I'd get a lot out of it going forward and and um, becoming more professional in my um, actions I guess and my direction towards hopefully becoming an NRL referee and then uh, another program they did was the Voice Against Violence program, which is a promotional program um, of the awareness of domestic violence in Australia and the big effect that um, it, it has on our community and, I guess, the effect that we can have as as people, as men generally, um, are involved in rugby league, or majority so, and um, how we can help be a... a 
how we, how we can make a change in the statistic by um, standing up, speaking out, and taking action against those that um, are committing the, the horrendous act of domestic violence. And um, I guess it opened my eyes to how big of an issue it is in Australia and in more of a, a worldwide sort of view as well, um, and, the, and the different sneaky ways that, that it happens. And it's, it's just a horrible, horrible thing that goes on. And um, I hope I can be someone out there in the community that leads by example and um yeah and changes the statistic for for good for for the long run yeah and um i guess that's where i'm at at the moment so we're in lockdown covid19 um a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people have gone to the dole a lot of people have died and, and more people are dying and, and i guess it's a very scary time for for everyone in the world and um from from a health professional's perspective if, if you want to do the best you can for yourself your community your family uh, and those around you you will follow the advice of of your government and um what restrictions they're putting on and so what you could do in your role here to to help not just yourself but the world is yeah follow those rules but also um stay productive stay on a schedule you want to be doing your physical activity on the regular you might not have the same motivation that you would normally to perform at the highest levels that you possibly can because what are you playing for you don't know when footy's coming back in my case or whatnot and so um, keeping generally fit and and active and, and healthy ensuring that you get some time outside that you're not just locked up indoors all the time if possible um, at least go stand out the window and look outside for a little bit throughout the day practicing gratitude mindfulness those things are going to be fundamental in um, maintaining our health and, and our mental health for the long term and when we have a healthy mind we've got a healthy body and that speaks volume um, time and time again with with all the research that i've come across so um, I, I couldn't spread that message any more highly and um, I, i'd want that to be spread far and wide and i, I hope everyone is maintaining some form of sanity and, and not just getting cabin fever getting um, just going crazy that you're all bottled up because with the way that the world is at the moment with such a connected society by the internet I think that we should be able to get through this together um, get th through this as a team and um, I know that we'll come out the other end uh, better for it you know we're going to be stronger people for it and um, hang in there guys because uh, we can go back to the wonderful world that that we used to yeah it won't be exactly how we left it um before but um hopefully we can make it a better one um yeah so uh, for those that tuned in and for those that are still hanging around listening at the moment thank you for taking the time to actually find out who I am as a person and what I'm about and, and what I stand for and hopefully that gives you a good insight into my perspective and uh, where I'm coming from when we go forward into the next few coming podcasts which hopefully should be a lot lighter and uh, a lot more fun and um, yeah I've got some interesting people that I want to talk to and 
Um, if you've got some people that you think I really need to talk to and you could get me in touch with them, um, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. So, yeah. Um, and I guess on a final note, uh, because I am starting all this up and I'm, I'm trying to get this out there to as many people as I possibly can, spreading some positivity in the world, if you guys could subscribe to YouTube, um, subscribe on your podcasting streaming service, whatever way you get it. And, and give it a five star rating and if you didn't like it then you don't rate it and you can go to listen to something else so yeah thank you um also if you could follow on instagram like on facebook check th- check me in on linkedin if you want um and i have a twitter but i don't necessarily use it much so you won't get a lot of good content out of me there but um all the other places i'm, I'm hoping to disseminate a lot more value and information so um please uh, please spread it far and wide and and um again thank you for listening bye